is going on, everybody? Welcome into Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassel. Joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Oh, we hit the over. Huh, did we? Yeah. Hell yeah. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, sorry, we are a little uh, shell-shocked from this past weekend. If you are new to the program, I'll give you a quick I know, one. right? Rihanna's pregnant. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Uh, <laughs> if you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. We're going to get into all the big topics, and this week we only have two, the NFL and the NBA. Then we will quickly go over some tertiary outside sports, some different things in the sports world. Quick, quick with the quick hits. Um, then Joe does have a walk-off this week. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then we will end the show with the press conference, but we're going to start the way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. Here we go. Joe, there was a pretty big game this past weekend. Was there? I, I remember a Rihanna concert, and I just blacked out everything else. It was the big game, the Super Bowl. Uh we're talking Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles in at Glendale, Arizona. I famously went a place on this, I'd never want to go. Yeah, who would? I famously went on this program and said that the Chiefs were going to get boat raced, that Andy Reid was going to get destroyed. I should have been right. The Eagles had the better team, but the Eagles ended up losing. And what was a very good game until maybe the last five minutes, uh, but classic. Last two minutes. Yeah, classic Super Bowl. Joe, this is your account. The Eagles are your team. Uh, I've got a lot to say on this, just with how disappointed I am with uh, the field and the situation and the NFL overall. But w you take it away. W w what's going on with you, Joe? Um, this was a hell of a game. Uh, this is a hell of a game, and I don't think any of our analysis was wrong. I think we were the better team. I think we are a better team. Um, but, you know, the game has to be played. And in a game like this, against an opponent as like this, you have to play mistake-free. Um, and the Eagles made a couple of, mis just a couple more mistakes than Kansas City at the end of the day. And that's reality of the situation. Uh, the Hurts fumble... Is this ended up being a crucial factor? I don't think it's a deciding factor because he eventually went on to play his ass off, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for the way he handled himself after the game and the way he played his ass off during the game. And in that final Hail Mary, you can see how bad his shoulder was. And all throughout the game, he made every play and more that he needed to. Um, so I don't fault him whatsoever. Uh, I wish the run game, like, there's only two things I wish and, and I feel like could have helped propel us to victory. If the run game was more effective, I mean, we ended up getting pass happy because they were giving us everything in the past game. They you know, had a little more uh, loaded the box a little more and it was hard to get traction for our runners apparently and not theirs, you know. Um, and the de and the defensive line just 
didn't show up in the way that uh, I anyone expected, anyone thought all season. Um, is that due to the field conditions? Is that due to the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs? Is that due to Patrick Mahomes' escapability and ability to get the ball out of his hands quick? Because a lot of the passes they were throwing weren't long developing plays. They were quick, let's get it out immediately. So a couple of things there, but I am proud of the team and the season they played. As I said a couple weeks back prior to the postseason, all I wanted was, going into this year, all I wanted was one playoff win. And I wanted one playoff win and to know that Jalen Hurts was a good quarterback and could be my quarterback of the future. And I had a coach. And I found out all those things and so much more about the heart and talent of this team. So it was hard in the initial aftermath, but then you look over to the other side, and as I've been telling you, Brennan, that guy's MJ. Mm -hmm. Look at the stats if you're an idiot. That guy threw three touchdowns, one amazing touchdown to Kelsey, and then two gimmies off of Brandon, fuck you and your damn Jaguars by running that play against us earlier this season, apparently. Another Andy Reid disciple and Eric Bieniemy, who still doesn't have a coaching job, uh, picked that up, lifted that guy, lifted that right from your guys' playbook, put it in, installed it this week, and they ran it on us twice. And both times we couldn't figure out what to do, and they got two easy touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, you thought Pat was going to be hampered in the second half after suffering what looked like a re-aggravation in the first half, and then he had a 30-yard scamper at the end of the game. It's like, yeah. goddamn. You know, when, um, it's, when the lights are bright, it's the big boys come to play. So many things. I agree with you wholeheartedly. First of all, the conditions were abysmal. Uh, you can't have that the field best. was ridiculous. You can't have the best pass rush in the both league. teams the, were playing. I'm not making it as an excuse. Both teams were playing on it. Oh, I'm gonna make it as an excuse. You no, can't have both teams third, were playing on it. The th- yeah, but it's the third best pass rush since it's the it's the best pass. Chris since Jones the had five Bears. Chris Jones had one of the best seasons of his career. He was like one of the top three sack leaders, and he. All right, well, I can see that you're not going to let me. You're not going to let me do this. No, so. I don't want that to be an excuse because both teams played on it. I it was just matter. frustrated because the fact that, and I'm not, you know, I love to play this card, but I'm going to say I hate to play this card. And all the games that I've played in, all the practices that I've been a part of. Do you know how many times I've had to be like, oh fuck, I need to switch my cleats? Never, never mm-hmm. once have I. There's sometimes where I've had to change the spikes out before the game because you knew the conditions were going to be bad. But never mid-game was I like, oh, I need to switch my cleats out. And I only played at like, you know, through college. Like, this is the NFL. It's the biggest game of the year. And you're having quarterback. Jalen Hurts had to switch his cleats like three times. The passer, they're like, oh, this is such the offensive lines are playing so well because there's no pass rush. It's like because they can't get a grip on the field. Like, it was just frustrating there were so many plays. There's four off the top of my head I can think of where first downs were made on both sides of the ball. I'm not just, you know, making excuses on both sides of the ball because the defender slipped trying to get position. And then all of a sudden, you know, Kelsey's running for a first down or Goddard's catching a first down. And it was 
that I was disappointed with. I'm not mad at the call at the end of the game. I think it's a shitty way to end the game, especially because they let them play. But the holding call on, uh, who was it, Bradbury, I'm not upset with. Uh, he grabbed him off the line. I think it was a ticky-tack call. I don't think it should have been called, but he grabbed him. Like, I mean, if you want to go by the letter of the law, that's fine, especially because Bradbury got away with it uh, a couple times earlier in the game. But I think it was a shitty call. But I'm not like that ruined the game, this horrible officiating. You know what I mean? Like some people are falling off the rails about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Uh oh. I, I know. I'm now I agree with you. I don't want to make it it's not the end all be all. It's not why the game it was ruined per se. Um I don't think that guarantees, quote unquote, the Eagles going down and scoring and, you know, going to overtime or potentially winning the game. But that holding call was by far the worst holding call in NFL history. In history? In he NFL said it. history. Because, one, I mean, yes, he held them. One, hold on, first of all. When they show the replay in the wide angle, it's behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, you get bump coverage. You get a yard. You get five yards. I was about to say, I, don't, I think it's a yard now. I think they've changed it, but it may still be five. I can't remember because I feel like everything is always a damn uh, pass interference after one yeah, yard. they had to follow the script. But it was the worst. The reason I call it the worst holding call in NFL history is because it robbed us of the moment. Yeah, that's why I was. Playing. We have a minute, 40 some odd seconds. Can the Eagles go down? They eliminated all the drama from the game, and that's why it is by far the worst holding call in NFL history. The refs have to follow the NFL script. Roger Goodell said the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game, so you better make sure of it. Uh, the game fact, was completely defeated. After that, kneel down, kneel down, kneel down. Game yeah, it over. Was, it was horrible. Shout out to someone left a comment on my big rant last week about how the, they were going to get blown out about. This was three days before the game. They commented, uh, the NFL is rigged. They want the Kansas. They're going to make sure the Kansas City Chiefs win. Yeah, somebody did for that. <laughs> and then you fast forward to that happening in the final two minutes, and you go, well, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my brother immediately went to uh, – I called him after the game. He immediately said, Keeps get every call, man. Last yeah. week, I was like, come on, last week that that was <laughs> unnecessary roughness. Patrick Mahomes was out of bounds or yeah. two weeks ago whenever. I um, Like I said, I was uh, I was super disappointed with the uh, – just the feel condi- – because I honestly, on paper, I was, and I talked about it last week, I was like, oh, they're going to fucking – they're going to, like, give this offensive line hell. And the Chiefs didn't, like, they have a better offensive line, but it's not the best in the NFL. Like, they stoned the all the best pass good. rush in the NFL, the third best pass rush in the history of the NFL. They stonewalled. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, they played for the moment. It's like, no, the field fucking sucked, dude. No one could get leverage. I don't know. I, my thing is both teams were able to, both teams played on it. No, I understand. Both teams Our offense the field. It's just one is benefited probably in ways. Other. Our yeah. offense benefited in ways because Jalen Hurts breaking off those runs. I mean, guys uncharacteristically baking contain. So, yeah, I can't blame it on that. At the What's end of the day. Outlook? What's your outlook for Philly next year? 
They have a lot of people they got to resign. There's a lot of people that need to be resigned. Got to go find coordinators now. Uh, got to go find coordinators. Uh, do you find it? Do you want to talk about it now, or do you want to talk about it in the quick hits? The whole situation where with game. I didn't know if we Fangio wanted to talk about it now. We could talk about it now and just eliminate it from the quick hits. Okay, so I find it fascinating. One that Gannon. I mean. Obviously, Kansas City, he didn't make any adjustments, and Kansas City came out and fucking put it on him in the second half. Second of all, the fact that they bring in Vic Fangio to, like, be a consultant, like, a week or two Allegedly, before. Vic Fangio came and helped the offense. Did he really? He's a Apparently. defensive coach, though. I know, right? It's good PR out of his people. Yeah. They said weird. it before the game that he was helping the offense how to attack the Chiefs' defense. Yeah, and I mean, Gannon, obviously, that defense played out of their mind, but I think that's more of a personnel thing than a coaching thing. I mean, he just basically ran He ran base. In- yeah, it was base cover three. Yeah. Well, and then in this game, he ran a lot of nickel. And then he because- ran a lot of man, and that they just had yeah. man beaters. Yeah. Those and two touchdowns like are just great man beaters. Fake like you're running a jet sweep. Everybody's yeah. going to rotate over top, cut back, and nobody knows what to do. So do we know what's going on with Eric Bieniemy? Is he because we talked about this last week and the week before? Is he accepting interviews or has he made like a, a broad statement saying like he doesn't even want people to ask him? But that should have been reported on. Like how is this guy not getting job opportunities? Eric Bieniemy has interviewed the most times for an NFL head coaching job and has not been given one. Is he? Do you think he's just bad in the room though? Does it? <laughs> I understand the embedded. Hold on, and hold on, hold on, right. hold on. I don't give a shit. <laughs> there can be no more excuses. No more excuses can be given to the owners. He's a bad interview. Who gives a shit if he's a bad? I'm not I the agree. greatest interview. I know how to do my job, though. The job is not interviewing. The job is X's and O's. The job is connecting with your players. Andy Reid, for the last two seasons, has effectively begging coaches to hire this, uh, teams to hire him. During his Super Bowl, his moment, he's talking about how great Eric Vianney is. And Matt Moore immediately after the game tells us, hey, those two gimme touchdowns, Everybody wants to give Andy Reid all the credit. Actually, Eric Bieniemy saw that while looking at the Jags footage. Patrick Mahomes can't tell you how profusely he loves this guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it at all. Shane Steichen is a two-year offensive coordinator. First time getting to the Super Bowl. I love him. He did great this year. Not saying he doesn't deserve it. He has a head coaching job. Jonathan Gannon, two-year defensive coordinator. Gets his team to the Super Bowl. Loses. Both of those guys lose. Gets a head coaching job. Frank Wright has done shit since leaving Philly. Yeah, that Frank Wright was a weird one. Gets the job in Carolina. What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't. This guy's only won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Vincent... Well, that's why I, I, I mean, I understand the, the thing is, no, it's not fair. It's just that, not fair. Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, assistant coach. He gets to go coach the Eagles and beyond. Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, assistant coach. 
he gets to coach Chicago Bears. Both of those guys didn't call plays. That was the hit. You don't call plays, you can't get the job. Nathaniel Hackett got a job not calling plays. Uh, uh, Matt LaFleur got a job not calling plays. Say, yeah. Zach Taylor got a job not calling plays. Like, what the fuck does this guy have to do? We're just going to keep moving the goalpost further and further back just to not give him a job? I don't give a shit if he fucking can't interview. The guy knows how to coach a championship-winning offense. What the fuck? What's the point of the game? I don't know what we're doing. The game is not coaching. I mean, the game is not interviewing. I don't know what they're doing. This is stupid, too, because they're hiring unproven... Like, I, Houston Texans, case in point, Hiring D'Amico Ryan. I mean, I had to take Eric Bieniemy over D'Amico, and I love D'Amico Ryan's. I had to take Eric Bieniemy over Gannon. I'd take Eric Bieniemy over any Steve Wilkes. I'd take Eric Bieniemy over any first or second year coach going into next year, except Doug Peterson. At this point, I don't know, man. Arizona, Arizona looked like the easiest spot. We to thought put that him was in. it. We put him. It in looked there. like the easiest Last spot. Week we to put him in there, like. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm baffled, beside myself. It, it, it it's perplexing as all shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, especially the Eagles OC one. That was the weirdest one to me. No, the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles DC is the weirdest. I'm sorry, DC. That was, I was gonna that's say the Shane Steichen yeah, yeah. had a hell of a season. I no, mean, no, no, no. completely turned the offense around. Gannon the literally DC. Gannon base sets up in base and just calls it a day. Yeah. Hey guys, go out there and hit the quarterback. I mean, it's weird. Like, and it's not like he's the D coordinator. It's not like he had a hand in like putting that. Like he's not the one making the. You know what I mean? Like he's not the GM. Like he's not putting together that personnel. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, no, no, before we move on, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Somebody made us. Uh, I was so. I was feeling down on Monday, obviously. You don't say. Uh, but Sunday night I sent out a tweet because I do it kind of like every year after, you know, whenever the Eagles season end, you know, just my feelings on the season, how the team made me feel, feel or anything. And I tweeted something to the effect of proud of how my guys played all year, you know, would have loved to win the game, but the joy we had for all these months can't be taken away, you know? And <laughs> I love being an Eagles fan because everybody hates us. And people got so riled up to see us lose. Yeah. And tried to make every excuse. I had a Giants fan crawl into Mementis. And talk about how, oh, you guys just got fat off bad quarterbacks. Oh, your defense ain't that good. Oh, yeah, we knew you were going to lose. I was like, we lost by three. Yeah, that <laughs> quarterback he's talking about is his quarterback. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. I'm like, we lost by three to MJ. I think any other team in that game gets dusted. Yeah. The, the Eagles Jacks, had we had we up. had a great game plan. Hold the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. No yeah. one else could really pull that off. Dude, they had the time of possession was <laughs> insane. It was like in the first half they had first like, half it was like twenty one to eight. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> like 
somehow we and it wasn't and I think it was Kevin Burkhart or Greg Olson. They were like, the crazy thing is you when you say that keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, you think it's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We were doing it with throws. Yeah. Jalen played great. I mean, that Hail Mary at the end you already mentioned between his shoulder and then the fucking horrific field conditions. He just kind of slipped. Yeah, apparently um, also stepped on Kelsey's Kelsey. foot. Yeah. But, yeah, so it, it was game. just funny. Uh, but uh, I say all that to say somebody, because I said we lost to MJ, and somebody else jumped in my mentions and made a great point. He said, Michael Jordan, six years into his career, had one MVP, no championship. Six years into Patrick Mahomes' career, only five years starting, I believe, he has two MVPs, two finals MVPs, and two Super Bowls. When I call him the best quarterback I've ever seen, that guy is special. Yeah. Let's not, and this is to the effect of last week when we were talking about the MVP, let's not not say this guy is special just because we're tired of it or we're bored of it or we're used to it. Let's, we have to celebrate the good things while they're in front of our faces. You got to celebrate greatness. That's what the like, show's all about, man. So, I, 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 if there was any team I could take losing to, it was that team. It was that team with that coach who I have loved from my the inception of my fandom. That quarterback, that tight end, even though he's a goddamn, he's a piece of work. But yeah, I. I mean, I like Bryce Harper. I like Travis Kelsey's. I like his whole steez. I like his get down. The only person who can go on to fuck themselves is Juju Smith-Schuster. You, you gonna yeah, get hit over the about? middle, my guy. All right, I, I was going to sell the fuck about. down. What did he say? Went on Twitter. Went on Twitter and posted some Valentine's thing with James Bradbury's face, and it was like, uh, "I'll always hold you" or some shit like that. And uh, 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 yeah. Nah, he can go. Yeah, because AJ go. Brown went off on him, and I was like, "Yeah." AJ, AJ Brown Brown's went off on him. Tyreek wanna... went off on him out of nowhere. Tyreek uh, Hill did. Yeah, Tyreek Hill came out of nowhere. NFL world just erupted and was like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, you were supposed to be. And then the, the Eagles players were like, "Yo, you need to you need to settle the fuck down, my guy." I was say CJ Gardner jumped back in there. I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> maybe we resign him." Um. Yeah, Slay. Yeah, nah, people were jumping out of the woodwork like, dog, you had three touchdowns on the year. I think, who was it? I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, you've had 108. Oh, Garrett Blunt came out of nowhere from the top rope. He said, you had 182 yards in your last six games this season. Settle down. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's including the playoffs and the Super Bowl. God, 182 yards. Total. Shout out to the NFL world for going after him. I just saw the AJ Brown uh, response to it, and I was like, "What's this about?" Yeah. And he's right. You know, Juju was on his way out of the league when they got him. We were even talking about how like it wasn't a great addition. The funny thing is, he should have been there a year earlier. Yeah, I still don't know why he resigned with Pittsburgh to play in Ben's last season. He yeah. should have been on Kansas City that final year with Tyreek Hill. He made a bad decision to not, but... And now he's getting toasted by the NFL world. Yeah, he's one of those guys. It, 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 the way everybody kind of came out of the woodwork, I was like, 
oh, he's Russell Wilson, but to the league. Yeah. Like how Seattle, all those guys, like, just see through Russ and just don't like Russ. I was like, oh, he's one of these guys that everybody don't like. And this didn't make it any better. (laughs) God, that's nuts. That's hilarious. No. Watch out over the middle, my guy. Yeah, someone that's might, what, someone man, might take what? that fifteen-yard penalty to teach you a lesson. <laughs> I'm not saying it's. Uh, I'm just saying this is the NFL. <laughs> I mean, and yep. violence is authorized. Violence so. begets violence. So you better. <laughs> I've said it all the time. Violence protect yourself at all times, authority. my guy. Keep your head on the swivel, buddy. Yep. That's all I can Here say. Go. All right, and, moving on. Joe, I know we were all watching the big game, but there was some uh, huge movement in the NBA. The trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, Kevin Durant, yes, of the New York, excuse me, of the Brooklyn Nets, is now a Phoenix Sun. Uh, let's look it up. What do you, what do you, what are you taking away? Other than hold on, real fast, how did you feel about the halftime show? Oh, I loved it. Oh my god, I loved it. Okay. I love Rihanna. I want to marry Rihanna. Rihanna, okay. shout out. Put the recorder on. Rihanna, I want to marry you. Not going to do that. <laughs> Who's she with? She's with... Uh, ASAP Rocky. Yeah. ASAP Rocky. What's up? 235 East 95th Throw Street. away. Hold on, <laughs> no, <I'm> buddy. <laughs> he stays in Harlem. He could find you. <laughs> oh, cool. We're neighbors. No, uh, no she's, she's awesome. I love Rihanna. Uh, I just like her vibe. Yeah. She's very much like... I was say, can we talk about the pregnancy? Opening real with fast? "Bitch Better Have My Money," I was like, "Fuck!" Amazing, it. Get amazing. Because I was listening to a bunch of NFL shows, and they were like, kind of mentioned the, uh, they kind of mentioned the halftime show and talking about it, and they're like, "Well, she has some songs that I don't think she's gonna be able to do." Like, she literally <laughs> has a song called "Bitch Better Have My Money," and then she opened with it. I was like, Fuck I know. Man. I was like, "Fucking swag!" Great. I love that. I was swag. like, "That's that's look that defiance immediately," um, but it was funny because. Uh, I was so it started. I was in the kitchen, you know, doubling up on halftime. By the way, I was like sweating during the game. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Like legit, like in a pool. So I had to take my shirt, my top. I had a sweater on. I had to take my sweater off uh, for halftime. Then I had to put it back on because it was a lucky sweater. But then we lost. So, um, but I come in. I finally come into the. The living room, my girl's watching the halftime show. And I'm like, man, now I missed the beginning. I missed the opening shot. Oh, that was the best. And I'm like, man, I like Rihanna Steez. Like, if this was Beyonce, you know, after having the baby, she would have went, worked out so hard to get her stomach flat and everything. You know, we all saw the homecoming documentary, how hard she worked. And Rihanna was like, nope, y'all know I just had that baby. I did a little bit to get enough stamina for the show, but I'm not going to take it all off because I like my body. And I was like, yeah. that's so cool. Then after the game, she's confirmed pregnant. I was oh, like, oh. Yeah, that's what you thought. Of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then funny. I see the opening shot where she rubs her stomach. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that. <laughs> yeah, she. I, I just love her swag. Um, and it's cool because, you know, I run into her in New York all the time. No, I'm just kidding. I, I will say, though, Subconsciously, my superstitious brain just sitting in the back of my head as I'm watching it and my girl's enjoying it. I wanted to say it to her, but I didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't want to confirm bad thoughts. 
I was like, that's too much red for that's yeah. too much red for me right now. My team is playing a team that I wears the red. Same exact thing. My team that's playing a team that wears red, and you're wearing a lot of red right now. When she first came out, I honestly looked. I was at like a little get together, and I looked around. I go, "Do we? Is, does Rihanna have any affiliation with Kansas City?" I was like, "This is not giving me good vibes." I was like, "This is not giving me good vibes." Um, you'll hear about it on Was I a Dick on my other podcast, The Power of How, with Matt Folstron and Daniel Torado. But Matt invited nice me. Plug. Thank you. I was gonna go to um, uh, one of my. Scott Sandlin, who everyone's heard on my other show, the uh, Brendan Tess, who's your ex drinking buddy. I was going to go hang out with him and all his finance bro buddies, but I was like, ah, that could probably get a little intense. So Matt invited me to go to his friend's house. Yeah, you know, they were probably all gambling on the game. And, yeah. And so I have, um, I obviously had money on Philly, lots of money on Philly, a bunch of parlays, lots of little bets. And I walk in, it's just Matt and his wife and then this other couple. And I walk in as the fifth wheel and I'm like, Let's go fucking Eagles, man. I got so much money on this game. It's going to be great. And as I'm saying this, as I walk in, I'm looking around and there's Kansas City flags. (laughs) wearing a Chiefs jersey. And I was like, damn. (laughs) His wife wife from New Orleans, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm was it the about, friend's place? Basically, it was at the friend's place. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, apparently the friend is from Kansas City, and I was like, <laughs> and immediately, like, it was over. Like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just kidding. I like, I just put some money on the game. I really have no like dog in this fight, and I'm like trying to backpedal, but the whole time it would, him and his girlfriend were just sitting on the other side of the couch, like. Every time the Eagles would make a play, he'd awkward. Darty got like, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's good for you, I bet. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. All right, I was say, I, I don't know why he would. I don't know. I, me, I'm my team in it. I was. It was just me and my lady. I didn't want anyone else around. I should have stayed need. home and ordered pizza. I mean, I love Matt for inviting me, and it was a good time. But I felt kind of like a fifth wheel, so I should just stayed home. And I was it. No, I'm saying I don't know why that guy would invite anybody. Like, oh yeah, as a fan, the, yeah. I was. Pure nerves. I couldn't have anybody making any joke or having any other yeah. rude ninjas around me. Like best commercial the time by far was that. the Duncan commercial with Ben Affleck. That was a very good commercial. That commercial that was, was too early on. Yeah, and didn't get a lot of love, but that was a really good commercial. Also, avocados from Mexico. Is this Mexico. where you go every day? Yeah, that was good. Avocados from Mexico, very good. I like oh, yeah, that, that one. Good. They always, they always surprise me. I know they're going to be there every year, and they always get me. Um, trade babies back. Pete Holmes, shout out. Yeah, uh, Roy Woods more more uh, prominently yeah. featured there. Um, yeah. uh, is there any other? There wasn't Close a lot of Roy the commercials Roy. for the most part. A lot of mid, a yeah. lot of mid Some of commercials. They don't make like, them how they used to. Nah, I did like the pacifier commercial though. I didn't. I don't know that one. Uh, I think. I think it was. I don't remember what. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The pacifier. I, was like, I don't know the car the, company, but it was yeah. the guy who had to like go across yep, to. Yep, yep. Social world media is blowing like. up with the pacifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pacifier dad. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Got me. I'm, I'm wrapped. I'm enthralled here. But uh, right. NBA trade deadline. NBA you know, I think I think we need another transition noise yeah, just to break that up. Hit the drop again. All right, Joe. So uh, big news, obviously. Kyrie uh, goes to Dallas, which we've already discussed. Uh, panic trade, obviously. Um, now, Kevin Durant is now out of Brooklyn and he's playing for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, other than that trade, what was your like biggest like, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened or this team's going to be so much better other than Durant? Because obviously that off rip makes the Phoenix Suns 
contenders once again in the West. Did you have anything that was less uh, blockbustery that still you're like, oh, that's a good that's a good move? Um, before I reveal, can we have a bit of a post mortem on the Brooklyn Nets experience? Yeah, Holy was, hell! Yeah. Especially because everyone was talking about how on paper they were going to like dominate the NBA world. Four years of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving being on the same team. In that time, just <laughs> hyperbolic, and this is not going on social media, so I could say this freely because I don't have to worry about people jumping in the menchies, but it's like God himself said, no, <laughs> I can't allow this. Kevin Durant, the whole first year, is dealing with the Achilles from the year prior. The next year when he's cleared to come back, a pandemic strikes. Kyrie decides he doesn't want to get a vaccine. They get James Harden in there, and James Harden's like, I don't like this guy. He's saging the court in the locker room, and he's doing a lot. He's go celebrating birthday. I'm out of here. They bring in Ben Simmons, who was once a number one pick overall. Ben Simmons. Doesn't look like he can play basketball whatsoever anymore. At all. It's like God himself struck down the Brooklyn Nets and said, no, this will not happen. They have Mecca already. The city can't have too much. <laughs> so they surely should have went to Mecca. Um, uh, uh, all the moves the Lakers made. I don't know if it makes them a better team. I don't know if it makes them... Uh, a playoff. I think it does make them a better team. I don't know if it makes them a contender per se because we haven't seen it all together because LeBron hasn't played since all the moves have been made. But they tried some things and they got rid of the Russell contract, the biggest albatross on their neck. They yep. uh, moved. They were able to move Russell and then they moved Pat Bev as well. They brought in Mo Bamba. Uh, it was funny because somebody said everybody who wasn't happy for LeBron when he broke the record, they traded, basically. Russell Wilson got traded. Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook got traded. Thomas Bryant got traded. Patrick Bev got traded. Uh, I don't know how Anthony Davis survived all of it, but uh, he probably should have got traded if that was true. Um, um, I want to ask you, since you are a Denver fan, uh, Bones Highland can just not play with the best passing center in NBA history? Like, what's going on there? I, okay, I'm very confused as to what, like, I haven't been reading whatever he's been saying or any of the things. Yeah, apparently he uh, didn't outright say it, but apparently the vibe from his inter exit interviews and stuff was just can't play, can't play with Luca or Luca can't play with uh, Nicola. Okay, I thought he was, I heard he was giving shots at Jamal as well. I don't know. Maybe. He, I, he what seemed I heard phenomenal when he was there. Nicola. He was a fan favorite. I loved him. He was great. I mean, maybe yeah, he a, wants. His name is Bones. Exactly. Maybe he wants to be more ball dominant as a I guard. That's what it and is. that could yeah. be an issue, I guess. But, I mean, I had nothing but good things to say about the kid. I, I was sad that he left. Um I mean, I thought he was a he was a really great player in his second year this year. Last year, he had an amazing rookie season. Um, maybe it's the the time dip because Jamal was out all of last year, and the people he was sharing the rotation with, he was the best of. Um, so he saw a lot of PT in his first year, but I don't know. I, I wish him all the when he when he got traded. It I am not the guy to go tweet 
a player, I tweeted him. I was like, man, hope all the best. I hope you have a good career. Like, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. I like the kid. <laughs> um, I was going to say uh, I like that the Lakers won, especially getting rid of that Russell Westbrook contract and all all the moves they made. Uh, probably uh, one of my favorite ones, one of my ones that I'm kind of like, oh, this might make a difference is, you guessed it, Golden State getting Gary Payton the second back. That's funny. I was going to say I don't think it's going to make a difference, but I just like the – I, like I the don't know how many of the deals – are going to make differences, especially George Hill going back to Indiana Pacers. George, so no trade deadline home. is complete without George Hill being moved. I just want to say that on record. Um, George Hill is the epitome of that Chris Rock joke. He has his bag packed at the door because he knows it can all end immediately. Uh, but I like that there was so much movement. Like that James Wiseman trade, it's a four-team trade. People are going different places. It's being held up because Gary Payton has an abdominal injury and didn't pass his physical. Then the Warriors said, ah, screw it. Let's just put it through anyways. So, like, there was a lot of stuff going on. It was, it was wicked. Yeah. Um, also, I think it's funny, the uh, Rui Hachimura thing. Right, he got traded to the Lakers a little earlier, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun. I was listening to a, a Washington Bullets fan. Apparently, Rui only likes to play like or bullets. Goddamn, Washington Wizards. Well, that's not even what I did. I was just who was this Washington Wizard fan? That Joe House of uh, the Ringer and Oh, uh, I'm like Jesus Christ. Does he do a show with Kevin Clark, the only other Magic fan I know? Like Jesus Christ, obscure um, team alert. Apparently, Rui only plays like once a week. No, really? Yeah, when he was in Washington, he was always injured. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, when he's on the court, he's good, but we'll see what happens. Uh, any new predictions? Going forward, um, the East is wide as fuck open now. Yep. <laughs> I mean, not wide open, but it's less concentrated. There's three teams, and that's the only three teams I have any confidence in whatsoever. Um, I was stunned that the Heat made no moves. No moves, just the Heat did nothing. It was, it was almost sad. That was a big thing. Was the Heat not making any moves? Um, especially with Durant being available, like. They could have done something. I feel. I feel. Yeah, they uh, traded uh, Dwayne Dedman to the. Spurs yeah, they traded him a couple days earlier for yeah, yeah, just to clear the books. Um, but that was a setup move, and you thought a move was gonna then happen, yeah. and it just didn't happen. Well, this guy's um, played in the league nine years, and he went. He was undrafted. Yeah, a lot of undrafted cool. players in the and NFL. <clears throat> I may well, be doing NFL a podcast on that. Who knows? Who knows? Um. Maybe producing, but uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Oh, so the shakeout. Um, the West becomes more congested. I don't. Everybody's assuming uh, Kevin Durant, Suns, just gonna be plug and play. Everybody, let's Absolutely go. Absolutely not. Kung Fu fighting. Uh, I don't think it's not, but I don't know how many more. <clears throat> necessarily wins it's going to translate into uh in I the regular season team, but like yeah i don't it's regular season only has 20 games left i don't yeah understand. i was gonna say there's a dead sprint to the end here and it's you're doing a you're doing a lot of hope and wishing and praying that everybody just gels together and we know aiden's already had his issues prior to and is he just going to be happy because oh, he's he? going to be the person to suffer the most as far as 
points, minutes, well, not minutes, but just points and attention on the floor. So we've seen him. I mean, I won't say he blew up a, a game last year, but it didn't help the situation when him and Monty and the team just had a falling out in the last game of the season last year. Yeah, that definitely um, didn't help. So will that team be healthy? Because now their three biggest stars have played so few games this season, being Booker, who's coming back from an injury, Chris, who's been on and off the court nursing injuries, and Kevin, who, while when traded, is injured. Um, so that was just – will that team hold up? If they can hold up, will they gel? I mean, that's the biggest story right now. Um, I don't – did they win last night? Okay, yeah, they won last night. Yeah. Um, and the Dallas Mavericks, it's interesting. Like, all right, they've played two games together now in Luka and Kyrie. <clears throat> and can they win together? They've lost both of those games. They've played together. Uh, and there was just a funny microcosm of what it may look like in that final game, the most recent game where – it's coming down to the last shot, and both of them are like dribble pass to the other, dribble pass to the other one, almost personifying like people keep asking if I'm going to take the shot, if I'm selfish, I'm not selfish. And the other one's like, I'm not selfish. And it's like, you somebody needs to no, shoot. You have it. You have it. <laughs> like, someone better shoot this ball. Someone needs to shoot this damn ball already, all right? I still, but, have, uh, I still have the Nuggets as the favorite in the West. I was say I still have the Nuggets until somebody knocks us off our perch. So, yeah, because they're uh, playing out of their minds. Playing and great. Murray's, Murray's currently uh, sitting, nursing an injury. He'll probably be back after the All Star break. Which, but I just week. mean he's back in the sense of like he's back playing yeah. for the team. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say like as I was, I forgot who I was talking to. I think it was one of my brothers, and I was like, the great thing about the Nuggets in this iteration right now is. They can always have two stars out there. So they'll play Jokic and Porter, and then they'll sit Gordon and Murray, or they'll play Gordon yeah. and Porter and sit Murray and Jokic, or they'll play Jokic and Murray and sit Porter and Gordon. Like they, <clears throat> they are, they've seen how to do it at this, at this point, basically, and they're trying to minute manage and. Uh, body manage and injury manage and stress manage the players and how much they're putting forth game in game out um, to get to the postseason at maximum health. The roster's deep as all hell. Uh, we just got Reggie Jackson in the buyout market, so I think that's going to help us with a backup point guard. Um, and we've seen Reggie Jackson win games in the playoffs for yep. teams, so Most that's a really good addition to have off the bench. So. Yeah, I, I I think the Nuggets. Are, I personally think the Nuggets are the team to be, but they have to show and prove. They've uh, we've been on this treadmill for a while now. It's been a couple years now since the bubble season. We've had injuries that we've dealt with, but we got to show up and you know make people take us as a real threat and a real contender. Yeah, yeah I think this is going to be the year because there's always been so much circumstantial stuff happening. You know, Jamal Murray getting that injury and then the year before, you know, the the, the bubble seat, like all the just the randomness of it. And it's mainly just the injury 
aspect of yeah. it. But now they're all healthy. They're all playing. It's the bubble so. season. The year after that, he gets injured right before the postseason. And yep. then he misses an entire season due to that injury. That's what it was. Okay. I remember so, it was yeah. like some super crazy long one. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I got Denver. I'm riding for Denver in the West. Let's see what happens. Obviously, Brendan, Golden can State- you please ride for somebody else? Because last night you rode for my team. It didn't end well. Absolutely. So I'm going to ride for Golden State in the West, Thank you. as always. Thank you. <laughs> Gary Payton the second. And uh, hopefully, just because Joe said that, and I'm a very, I take things very personally, Golden State beats the fucking Denver Nuggets <laughs> in the playoffs, and I can be like, hey, fuck off, everybody. Uh, all right, on to the quick hits. And you'd be surprised how quick. And- quick! Mayman hits quick hit. All, all right. right, we already talked about the NFL coaching carousel. Um, let's move on to the NHL. Joe. How are your ice cats doing, buddy? Uh, man, I thought we were on a good swing there. Uh, we beat the Lightning last week, as I said. Uh, we had a couple of wins in the middle there, but then we lost yesterday to the Blues, and now somehow we've played the most games in the entire league, and we're still like two spots back of the final playoff spot. So not looking good. Not looking good. No. All right, uh, my Tampa Bay fucking lightning, dude. We're second now in the Atlantic Division, only to the Bastion fucking Bruins. Uh, We've won three out of the last five. Before that, we've won six out of the last eight. Only losses we had were two Joe's Panthers. Pretty demoralizing loss, seven to one. God, where was Vasilevsky that day? Uh, That was our championship right there, apparently. um, And then uh, the only other loss was to the Sharks. Go figure, because we beat the Avalanche twice. We beat the Kings, the Bruins, Like, but we're going to lose to the fucking Sharks? Ugh. Um, Stamkos, obviously, still playing out of his mind, even though he's getting up there in years. Braden Point, uh, leading in goals, and then obviously, like we always talk about it, Vasilevsky, we love him. We need him. We love him. Uh, We're getting primed and ready for the playoffs. Boston Bruins, please win every single fucking game because we know what happens to the people who win the President's Cup during the season. They lose in the first round, maybe the second. So we're coming. We're coming for you, Joe, and your ice cats. Don't have to come for us. (laughs) Um, All right. Fulham, let's talk Prem. All right, Fulham's currently seven to the table, one last week against South, not Southampton, against Nottingham Forest, 2-0, a goal from Menno Solomon, and a fucking worldie from uh, William. Um, currently seven to the table this week, we'll be taking on Brighton, who is tied in points with us, but they're one ahead in the standing. They have two games in hand. Also, their goal differential is better than us. Uh, that's a big game because we'll move into that sixth spot which will put us in position for put us closer in position for that European if we want to chase that. But this past week getting us 35 points, 30 I think it's 40 points has been the last couple seasons the minimum to like it basically guarantees you to stay up and we're at effectively the halfway point and we have already hit that number so Season, I mean, the season's already a, a, a rounding success, but uh, if we can go after that European championship, maybe retain a couple players because uh, they will get some uh, continental experience as well. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it's looking good, man. We've we've either, what was it, the last five? couple of draws, couple of wins. I think there's only one loss in there. So uh, I know we lost to Tottenham. We lost to Tottenham in Newcastle. 
I think the five is a little skewed because of uh, the FA Cup. The FA well. Cup, yeah, yeah, was in there. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the season goes. I'm really stoked for you and for me and for Tony Khan. The fact that other than like I, an epic collapse, there's no way we're going back down. So at yeah. least this year. So hopefully, like you said, we'll be able to use the monetary benefits of that and uh, retain some of these players because we're going to we're going to lose some of them. That's just how it works. Yeah, in, that's in just the nature of the game. Yeah, especially with the uh, loan system and all that. But. We're playing well. Joe, this is a, a, a breaking news that we mentioned earlier, but you have a walk-off this week. Welcome to the big leagues! Two runs! Walk-off homer for Cabrera! You can smile, that's okay! I do. I do have a walk-off this week. Oh, it's been a long time. How do you get back on the horse, right? Well, your team makes it to the Super Bowl and they lose. That's how you get back on the horse. My walk-off is titled Bleed Green. The highs are high, but the lows are low. The greatest part of being a fan is wrapping your arms around a team, around a city, around a culture, around the people for one common goal. Be great. And be the last one standing. I've been rooting for the Eagles for two decades plus. I've only been to the city once. I hear how people talk about Eagle fans. And I've always loved it. People refer to us as too intense. And that's because we are. We live for this. Nothing in this moment is more important. Nothing in this moment can squash the joy Or mend the heartbreak. I saw Donovan McNabb make it to four NFC championships. But only won once. We got to the Super Bowl and we're so close. And after that, it seemed so, so far. Season after season, getting my heart ripped out of my chest. Until my first sport hero was gone in a whisper. We let go of the only coach I had known for a whiz kid who dismantled a team of players I loved. From D-Jack to Macklin to McCoy, one by one, they were gone. Kevin Cobb, Mike Vick, Nick Foles, the first time, and Sam Bradford could never get it done. Then we drafted Carson second overall, and in his second season he was playing out of his mind until that was all undone. A tackle at the goal line, and he was gone. Then the improbable happened. Nick Foles, the second time, stepped in and gave me and gave me what I had been longing for for all these years. Dougie Fresh had finally gotten us to the mountaintop. And just five years later, we were back. New coach, new quarterback. In a magical season, Jalen Hurts and company had the city in a frenzy. They played their hearts out, gave it everything they had without question. But they lost. Like I said, the highs are high and the lows are low. And we feel them together because we are one city, one team, and we bleed green.
That was beautiful. Let's go to the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> I'm trying to, to have you, crust in my eye. Just woke up. Who? Go no, I know. Joe, <laughs> trust me, I know you long enough to know you're not crying. Uh, who? Uh, who was the whiz kid coach that dismantled the team after Andy Reid? Kip Kelly. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Kip Kelly, who they banish Howie Roseman to like a uh, 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 remedial role in the other side he of the building. Destroyed that team, and then fired him, and then had to bring Howie out of the. The, the dark ages. <laughs> Joe, where can everybody find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorva. You can find this show's Twitter and Instagram at Curing Press. Uh, don't forget to head over to a new low network. Uh, don't forget to head over to a new low.co to check out all the shows on the network from a new low who does a podcast, misbehavior journal club, and this one that you're already listening to. Um, also don't forget to check out my website, joedorwell.com. Actually, I still need to fix that. I didn't have the time. Uh, so yeah, Brennan, where can we find you? At Brennan T comedy on all social media, Brennan T comedy.com. Check out, uh, Oh, my other podcast, Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I have a guest on and we talk about their best and worst drinking, drug party and getting in trouble stories. And then I have started a new podcast with Jimmy uh, Fallon was his most recent guest. God, that'd be Danny Fallon. Danny Fallon. <laughs> I, <know I'm> uh, <laughs> I started a uh, new podcast with my buddies, Matt Folcheron and Daniel Torado, all about positivity. It's actually a mental health podcast more than it is a comedy podcast. It's called The Power of How. Listen to the first episode. I like it a lot. Do you? Yeah. All right. It's good. Cool. I'm hoping, I was say I haven't listened to the second episode because I've been knee deep in Brennan content. So yes, your podcast yeah, and that take has a been on hold right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, Joe is edit. Joe is referring to uh, the one man show, which he is gracious enough to be editing. So hopefully we will have that up for release by March. Not gracious. Your boy's getting paid. Yeah, right? I'm also paying. Joe. Not doing this out of altruism. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you're not charging me a ton. Yeah, uh, I'm not charging you an arm and a leg. I'll tell you that. Hey, fun fact. Do you know where that comes from? I always love to share this. No. So back in the uh, medieval arm times. Arm and a leg or a tongue? Yeah, 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 the arm and the leg. Back in the medieval times when they would pay portraits, normally you would just get your chest and up. Only the incredibly wealthy could have their arms and their legs painted in the portrait. Wow. Which is where the term, it costs an arm and a leg comes from. hey oh, you learned something. Follow me at Brennan T Comedy. We will talk to you all next week. And uh, Get yeah, me out of here, Brennan. <laughs> that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Huge shout out, Kansas City Chiefs. I was wrong. Good game. You shout out, Philly Eagles. Guys, made us proud.